So this probably goes without saying, but be wary of what you post on the internet when you're feeling manic. So send privately or post uh, publicly. <laughs> both. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> um, kind of like how I unfollowed you on Snapchat fucking ten years ago, whatever. Because you, yeah, just I know. Like, <laughs> um, get unhinged every once in a while, you know. Yeah, so I was, you know, and I, yeah, that's the thing is I'm a big advocate of. Oh, sometimes you gotta ride the wave of being unhinged, especially years past. So this isn't. Uh, this is like seven years ago, something. Okay, I. Met that so there was this girl I followed on Instagram, who's really hot Asian chick, young, giant tits, and I slid into the DMs and she used to post really like thirst trappy shit. And I slid into the, and I would comment things and I slid into the DMs and I had like a good line, and we she started following me and we started being Instagram friends, and then we met in person, and she I was like I don't know how old this girl is I'm looking at a picture and I'm like. Maybe she's like 25. I'm like 32 at the time or something. Okay. Like, I don't know. I'm in my early 30s. I'm like, what is she Mm -hmm. like 25? Maybe she's like 24. I I can't really tell. She's either 24 or 12. Uh, Time will tell. And uh, she's 19. Okay. Okay. And did her mom drop her off? Well, this is a thing like, no, because she's at college on the, oh, okay. she's from the West coast and she's whatever. Um, and I had a friend's wedding coming up and this is a hack. If you don't know this single guys, when you have a wedding, use it on any girl in your, like that you're trying to take a shot with. And they'll almost, if you, if they have any interest in you, they'll say yes. They love girls just love going to weddings. Oh, as being the plus and- one. The plus one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you get a plus one, just like don't use it on like I'm gonna invite my friend Cheryl because she's a fun time. No, 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 no. Use it on the hot chick you don't really have a chance with because it will give you a full evening with her drinking and whatever. So I bring and, this girl. And emotions run very high at weddings, uh, particularly with females most of the time, where they're like in the mood for love like oh my god like they're thinking about dude I obviously like yes it, all, all, all of this all of that all of this yes. right all of yes. that so it's just like but what i'm saying is i don't think i don't hear it discussed enough it's like no use your plus one and girls will a lot of times say yes even if they're just like sort of interested so i bring this girl and we have a hotel room but i split it with my like two beds so me and her have one and then my buddy has the other one and because we had to like travel for this whatever and i i because that's the thing is i got the hotel with him and then i got her to say she was in Mm -hmm. plus i was like fuck there's always a chance that she would bail sure and she even told me oh i I thought about bailing and anyways fast forward a ton because this isn't about her and the wedding i'll get to how this is related to we're speaking about the movie lethal weapon Mm mm-hmm so there was a tub and I told her a story and I will tell this on the podcast sometime. I won't get into it now, but I was in, I had a nice hotel suite with a friend and we had a jacuzzi and we were back with these two strippers and the one girl said, Oh, I want to have a bubble bath, but there was only the jacuzzi was giant and the bubble bath thing, you know, they give you the hotels. It's just hotel size fucking shit. Like the bottles, right? You don't need a lot of bubble bath. For well, a jacuzzi, though, it there. gets sudsy. Yeah. yeah, see, 
you get you getting ahead of me there though. So yeah, I yeah. called the front desk with these two strippers. I'm telling oh, two boy. different hotel stories here. So right oh, now I'm this happened previous to that. Mm-hmm. I called the front desk. I said, "Can you send up some bubble bath?" And they said, "Sure." And they gave me a grocery bag filled with it, a grocery bag. Like, I mean, there must have been 45 of those motherfuckers. I don't even know, right? Mm-hmm. And this girl just grabs them and just starts putting them all in. Oh, and boy. then it just, it just like, it just filled up. I'm, I swear to God, in my head, this isn't true, but in my head, I, I remember it as like to the ceiling, like it filled up the entire room. You yeah. know, Willy so Wonka style. Yeah. Literally like Willy Wonka shit. Yeah. yeah. And I was, yeah. and I was bloated in down. blue. I was bloated in blue and flying yeah. to the ceiling. And I had to start farting to make myself uh, yeah. <laughs> burping to make the myself stripper stomping. Yeah. I want it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I thought I had a golden ticket. I did not. Yes. And uh, anyway, so I was telling. So back to the girl that I brought as my plus one to this wedding, I was telling her that story and she said, oh, I'd love to do that. And I called down to the front desk and they don't have any at this shitty hotel. They didn't because it's a much a far mm-hmm. nicer, less nice hotel. They didn't have anything. So with her and then various reasons, nothing happened between me and her. So I blew it. Like I had an opportunity and I fucking blew it. And I was really it. upset. It's like <laughs> literally like, you blew it so you blew it <laughs> i was like fuck i was pretty pissed off at myself like damn that was a that was a swing and a miss because i had a chance didn't happen so then i was in went back to toronto because he was with my toronto friends and we were out fucking we were in a city three hour because that's how annoying is it when people have their wedding like two hour drive from your city like not even like a different state like two hours away oh it's like Dude, it is such a pain I have to fucking get down there and I have to get the hotel and I got like fuck, like you, really like you're asking me to spend $1200 to go mm-hmm. to your wedding. And sometimes you, it's yeah. it's like not far enough to like get a hotel so you think like oh, oh. I'll just drive back and you're like fuck, mm-hmm. like this is mm-hmm. all day, you know? Literally the entire so I so I had been drinking, and I, I mean, in the days following that, I kind of got, I, not manic is strong, but I was really, I don't know, call it a bender, call it whatever you want, maybe a little manic. Mm-hmm. And now, fast forward, the next week, I was in Montreal. I said, I'm going to go to Montreal, visit my friends, because I, I had lived there before, and I hadn't seen them in a while. I'm going to go to Montreal. It's in the summer. And Montreal's wonderful in the summer. And I'm staying on my friend's couch. And he is out of town. Not what is it? Anyway, he was gone. And he had on a mantelpiece this handgun, an old timey handgun from like the late 1800s or early 1900s. And it was missing a handle. And it was like a, a non operational gun. It couldn't fire. Yeah. Non No, it couldn't fire. It couldn't yeah, fire. Yeah. Right. But okay. I, so I grabbed it and I was like, oh, this will be funny because I'm just kind of like in a. Also, I, I left out, I had shaved my head that week because I just was like, even though my hair wasn't long, still just yeah. to shave your head. I just like was having one of those. I wasn't even having a meltdown. I was just kind of being like, yeah, just following every impulse. I was being impulsive, yeah. you know, L- listening so, to Elliot Smith a lot. Like, I imagine that so Royal Tenenbaum scene. <laughs> like, <laughs> I grabbed the handgun and and this is back when like 
a lot of my friends were on Snapchat, which none of my friends, very few of my friends are on Snapchat. I still am on Snapchat though. And I, this is before you would, cause now with, you do Instagram, you do like a story, you sent it. This is before you even doing that. And you don't use Instagram for that then. Instagram yeah. was more posts, right? Yes. And I take the handgun and I put it to my head, but I grabbed it in a way it looks like a functional handgun, right? Yeah. And I take a selfie with the gun pointed to my temple and I wrote last Snapchat ever. Oh God. And I, and I sent it out to every everybody, right? Because in my head, I was being very funny. That's funny. Because it's like, because it's clearly not a real gun. You know, like it's like uh -huh. it's obviously like whatever. But uh -huh. from the angle and a quick shot, <laughs> excuse the uh, pun there. Uh huh. Uh, people were like, "Oh fuck!" Like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And people were responding to me, "You're fucking sick!" And they were like, un "And I had a ton of people unfollow me and unfriend me, and people got very, very angry." And I have the photo. I because I saved it. And it's. <laughs> just and I and I made it like my eyes open like like sad like gave myself like puppy dog eyes like mm, yeah like last yeah. Snapchat ever <laughs> yeah they didn't uh one that should be your LinkedIn profile two uh, <laughs> uh two no one reached out to be like are you okay no like everyone just said you're one hundred percent people okay. did and I had to oh shit I had to do damage control and be like no 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 like. I'm not, I'm like, look, I am suicidal, by the way. Sorry. I have suicide, yeah. I have suicidal ideations, but I'm not actually, if I was ever going to kill myself, I'm never going to let anybody, I'm just going to kill myself. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to make a scene. Yeah. There's not going to be a scene about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to like, I'm not, and I'm not going to cry for help because I like, no, because I'm helpless. So I'm just going to get it over with. So don't worry about it. Oh. So when I was watching Lethal Weapon in the iconic scene, when Mel Gibson's Riggs puts the handgun, in his, he because he, he puts it in his mouth, but he doesn't start like under the chin. Uh huh. Uh huh. Right? Under yeah, the chin yeah. and then, he and then in the mouth. It, it, yeah. In the mouth or under the chin. Those are the two easiest yeah. ways to kill yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that's, that's the made me think of that. I, um, that's insane. First off, also, to do that publicly. Did, it's did insane you know, that people think that was serious too. That is a little insane. That's the thing. I'm like, I thought you knew me. Like, cause like the, that's exactly my type of humor. Yeah. You know? And I've never, you never see me post like, oh, I've been going through a lot. I've never posted anything like this in my life, literally in my life on no. any social media, anywhere, you know? And so if I was going through a lot, you wouldn't hear about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I thought it was just very clear, but it just, and I also sent it to the girl who went to the wedding with me and I didn't have the suds with and nothing happened. And she was very, very unimpressed. People were <laughs> me. Also in that scene in Lethal Weapon, before we, dig right into it but like dive right into it did you know that gibson had blanks put in the gun it wasn't an empty gun whoa that's insane he wanted to feel and he wanted to really feel that it was like there were stakes that's why that's he really insane. sells it if you watch it like he fucking sells it mel gibson's a good actor and this movie made me remember he's not really how... good at accents then though <laughs> no no he does sound like an aussie bastard um he definitely is super aussie in this but he is a i'm sorry he's not a wonderful person but he is a wonderful actor he's he very is. good at the craft of acting yeah he loves movies he's very good at movie making and i don't just mean as a director i mean literally just the art the act like acting mm -hmm. in movies he's mm -hmm. probably better in movies like he wouldn't be such a great stage actor yeah as he yeah would be. Uh, a film actor film actor yeah yeah he's not like an actor's actor but he's good at what he mm -hmm. does 
Have you ever yeah. put a real gun? This is dark, man. Warning, suicide if you're triggered by anything. Um, <laughs> Trigger. Yeah. Trigger warning. <laughs> bow, bow, bow. Um, yeah. Have you have ever put a real gun in your Before mouth? hitting play on this episode, make sure you have trigger discipline. Yeah. Um, you ever put a real gun in your mouth? That is like just to question. say. Absolutely. No. Okay. Fuck no. Okay. Fuck no. <laughs> have you? Yeah, a bunch, a couple times. Um, <laughs> like on my thirtieth, like alone or with as like to as a per, like to show people like both. you're like both. Um, <laughs> I've uh, on my thirtieth birthday, I took three different guns that I own and put them in my mouth to see how. It, to basically make sure my arms could reach if I ever felt like doing it. Like I was like shotgun, good AR 15, good handgun. Well, I know this one's good, but I'm going to see how it feels anyway. I swear to God, I swear to God. Um, I just You're like, like was like, so I guess glad these long limbs. <laughs> yeah. Thank God I'm blessed with this reach. You know what I mean? Um, yeah and uh oddly it felt like meditative in like a weird way like just like having it there i was like ah that's mm -hmm. a crazy feeling huh um and well, then i, I did like it this... i'm sorry keep going. I'm no sorry. no i did it again like a couple weeks later because i got this like weird like whoo that's crazy huh putting a gun in your mouth and then like put it away like no intention of killing myself but like yeah i don't know sorry so i in this movie opens with uh, someone swan diving off of, like a 20th floor balcony. Mm. And mm -hmm. which, by, by the way, in the 80s, it was very popular to have that in movies. People are just like, <laughs> have you, I'm sure, obviously you have. I know you have. Mm -hmm. But you know those rooftops, building rooftops, that there's nothing, like there's no guard, there's no, like, no railing, nothing. It just is like yeah. open fucking rooftop. Yeah, yeah, those, yeah freak me out so mm. much and i lived in a building in montreal that had a rooftop like that for fuck's sakes dude they left it open and they welcome people to just like hang out there yeah. welcome to new york Until, city apartments bro that's how why it do goes you think, why do you think they stopped doing that and then they they got a jumper stopped. yeah because someone just said fuck this and they just yeah, they just yeah. took the dive off yeah yeah those freak me out man i can, i'm not good with that it just make gives me that the you know lack of a better word the willies yeah 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 I, I i'm the kind of guy who was like hmm i'll like reach over and be like oh this would be pretty easy <laughs> like you know what i mean uh -huh. everyone's like should we be worried i'm like honestly i never know anymore <laughs> you know what i mean i don't, you don't know need to, you don't need to worry about a worthless life come on yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> i'm a worthless shell of a man who cares no one's gonna miss me Maybe yeah. Brandon will because now he's gonna have to find he's gonna have to do the podcast with somebody else. Maybe that's yeah. about it. <laughs> I leave very specific editing instructions for you. <laughs> Last will it does your mom finds it. He's like, oh good. Andy's gonna tell me why he did it. It's just podcast yeah. instructions. <laughs> it's just like my MacBook with a dear bunch mom, of notes. Click here. Dear mom, dear mom. She's like, Oh yes, Andy, make sure he passes Brandon. Yeah. Tell the Knicks must, it's all their fault. He must for this. He must fade in that. <laughs> Make sure oh he plays God. the entirety of the intro song at the end. Yeah. It has to be 88 beats per minute because there's a delay on the intro song, and I like how it goes with every quarter note. So, And then explain what that means in as long and arduous detail as possible. 
Here on DGen Cinema Podcast, a podcast for fucked up movie lovers where two degenerates <laughs> analyze film through the lens of the vices, addictions, and flaws that we share with their dysfunctional characters. And hey, look, friends, let's cut the shit. Now we both know why we podcast. Everyone thinks I'm suicidal, in which case we're fucked because no one wants to podcast with us. Or they think we're faking it to draw psycho pension, in which case we're fucked. And nobody wants to podcast with us. Basically, we podcast. And Merry XXXmas. Tis the season. Triple Xmas. (laughs) (laughs) You're like asking for me to make Vin Diesel jokes when you say that. It's killing me. I want that stricken from the record. It's killing me. Um, Yeah, we are going to be talking about. off kilter holiday movies and how she made one of the greatest men in american history kill himself no we're not going to be talking about sorry this is a this is a suicide podcast now very many levels very many levels here she had to leave us a voice note for the worst suicide (laughs) advice imaginable (laughs) please don't don't kill if you're thinking of killing yourself just start a podcast just start a podcast just start a podcast don't reach out to any i'm not don't honestly don't reach out to anybody this you say cry for help this is a cry for help this podcast yeah. is a cry for help yeah my sister found out about this podcast she's worried <laughs> genuinely <laughs> it was a discussion at thanksgiving her boyfriend loves it he's like no i think it's i think it's neat <laughs> and i was like have you seen the stats margo shout out margo <laughs> shout out <laughs> um <laughs> When when we think of uh, Christmas action movies, right? If you say, what's the best Christmas, Christmas action movie? Everyone yeah, says Christmas. Die Hard. No one says yeah. Lethal Weapon. Which is 18 times more Christmassy than Die Hard. And I don't, that, by the way, this is a, I love fucking Die Hard. I watch it every Christmas. I love Pro Die, die Hard. Uh, but, and I was, before it became in the, you know, the ether 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 of speaking about die hard as a christmas movie i was a die hard as a christmas movie guy Same. not to be just because i'm a movie geek that doesn't mean i'm so far ahead of people just because when you're a movie geek you just the general non-movie geek public takes a while for it to reach them i'm but just I'm fucking autistic at, and i was like it takes place at christmas it's a christmas movie like you know well, like, what lethal, the fuck? Wep- lethal weapon so lethal weapon opens with jingle bells literally yeah. song jingle bells yeah, and it's it everything that happens in the setting is like low key formed by the time of year. Like it's it's mm-hmm. something that's sprinkled throughout. Like Tom Atkins and, you know, character, that's where people who are having trouble mentally, that's when mm-hmm. they struggle the most. Which Th- is that too. That too. I didn't even fucking think about that until today when I was like. How do we make this like degen related? I was like, oh, suicide. That's a fun topic. You know what yeah. I mean? Like <laughs> last week we talked about sex addiction and suicide. Now let's just cut to the chase. You know what I mean? Um yeah, this is cut out the foreplay. Yeah, let's cut with the foreplay. Um but uh like that that part where like Tom Atkins is having that really serious conversation with um Danny Glover. You owe me Raj. You owe me Raj, and he's like he's at great. his daughter's funeral. He's, he's wonderful in it. Although he his death is really kind of well, I'm talking about his death because for some reason, <laughs> yeah. in the middle of this conversation, he walks over to like 
a wall that's just like stacked with eggnog and he picks up like mm-hmm. one of the like two dozen just containers of eggnog dogs, eggnog no just, rum no nothing no ice just just lukewarm eggnog yeah <laughs> he's crushing it because it's a christmas movie yeah questionable luke uh lukewarm room temperature fucking eggnog yeah like it just yeah. happens out of a carton out of a carton <laughs> straight from the <laughs> fucking source <laughs> yeah yeah, that's where eggnog yeah, comes they, from, the they, tits um, of a carton. When they go into that drug house, which is, I think, was before that, mm-hmm. and the hot girl, lets she's on a scooter. Yeah. And she goes, oh, hey, guys. Make, she says, quote, I have it written down, make yourselves a home. And she says, Merry Christmas. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. everyone in the movie, that's the whole vibe. And when, yeah. she, when they kidnap Murtaugh's daughter, and Riggs and Murtaugh go back to his house and they find out she's been kidnapped and they're reading the note. They're in this dimly lit living Ugh. room that only has the Christmas tree as the lighting. And it literally, it's actual the lighting from Black Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's... no one can tell me otherwise. They definitely borrowed that with, because that Christmas decorations in the dark are I know. eerie. I know. They're unsettling, I know. actually. <laughs> I know. We're going to, like, talk about this all month long. Like, we will be doing a couple movies, all of which take place at Christmas. And a lot of the visuals of these films are dark rooms with red and green things blinking on people. And yes, (laughs) it's such a good, weird, natural light source where it's like, hey, you like how all those weird Italian horror movies look, but they don't make any sense? It's like, you could just do that. Yeah, in it is gallowy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like what it is. It's like, you like Dario Argento movies and like weird Italian shit? Like Christmas is a good time of year to set your fucking movie. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, it's also a fun thing because like it informs what's happening around you in like little fucking weird ways where like, people aren't on the streets and it's like, why it's like, cause it's Christmas. Like everyone's home or there's just like random decorations up and people are like really busy or really stressed or, or really yeah, sad. The and stress it's like, part a lot. Yeah. People are on it are, are, are on edge more. A hundred percent. And you and I are both from like cold parts of the United States. Like I'm from New York and you're from fucking Michigan and outside of Detroit. And it's like when we think of Christmas, we think of the more stereotypical like snowmen and fucking white Christmas. Christmas in Los Angeles is like even weirder <laughs> because it doesn't look like Christmas to what I think of. You know what I mean? I mean, most a lot of the I think probably most of the country it doesn't, right? Yeah, like Kentucky, probably. it doesn't fucking look like Christmas. No, even in Iowa, Iowa barely gets snow. I mean, but there's just like no one who lives in these parts of the world. Like, you know what mm. I mean? Like the majority land wise, like total mass of the country. Yeah, yeah. it probably doesn't yeah, look yeah, like yeah. Christmas. It's just like the majority of people either live in New York or somewhere in the Northeast or. But I mean, like mm. Florida, fucking there's palm trees and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't look like Christmas, It's but there is something like just slightly weird, like especially with action movies, like. You can have a shootout, but there's like Santa Clauses and and like weird wooden soldiers on people's front yards and shit like that. You know what I mean? Um, but in terms of like the diehard lethal weapon debate, 
I don't want to dismiss Die Hard. I think Die Hard fucking rules. I love that movie. I think Lethal Weapon's a better action movie than Die Hard. Yeah, so I will take this stance. And I won't do a versus. I will not no. do a versus because no. they're both wonderful. Mm-hmm. Die Hard to me is perfectly crafted in the way that I think Jaws is perfectly crafted. Great analogy. And I'm, is it my favorite? No, but I watched it a thousand times. It had such an impact on the pop culture lexicon. Sure. Before Die Hard got adopted into the, um, you know, Christmas, it's a Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. People, everyone loved Die Hard before that. Yeah. And everyone obviously loved Lethal Weapon, but they really talked about Die Hard a ton. What I'm saying is Die Hard is a better crafted movie. Lethal Weapon wears its flaws more openly. And it is more about the characters, even though McLean is kind of like, hey, he's kind of rough, whatever. It's not mm-hmm. really all that flawed. He's flawed. He, he's a he's a pothead. That's his he's biggest a dad. Flaw. He's a dad. That's like, yeah, whenever I think of like Die Hard, I think like people liked this movie so much because dads were like, well, I'm not ripped like Mel Gibson mm-hmm. or Stallone. I'm a schlubby dude from Jersey like John McLean, yeah. you know. That that's what I think the biggest Bruce Willis wasn't uh, Hollywood handsome. Mm. Yes, he's handsome enough guy to be famous in Hollywood, but he wasn't Hollywood handsome. Mm -hmm. Or at least like uh, Mel Gibson is undeniably young. Mel Gibson is a hunk. Hot, yeah, scorching in this movie. Yeah, scorching in this movie, and both Riggs and Murtaugh are fucking great characters, man, and. Richard Donner, who directed this thing, Shane Black, who wrote this thing, both prolific people and and filmmakers and writers and directors in their own fucking rights. But the moment we see Mel Gibson in this movie, we know exactly who this guy is and exactly what this fucking guy is all about. Um, He's... In his fucking just trailer. Set, just through the way they set the scene. Yeah, just the way they set the scene. Like, he's in his trailer. He's asleep with his clothes on. He's got his gun, like, oh, out in the open. And he's got a cigarette that he fell asleep with in his fucking mouth. Um, that, that thank God, it went out while he was sleeping. Like, I, I did you ever smoke cigarettes? I don't know if I've ever. Never put a cigarette in my mouth. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. They're the best, dude. Kids, yeah. start smoking cigarettes again. I wish I didn't have to vape. I wish I could still smoke cigarettes. Um, they rule. They're a lot of fun. They're delicious. You look cooler. You definitely look, look cool smoking them. Look so and cool. You will get, I will tell you this. You get laid way more if you smoke because you just meet girls who smoke. And also there's this running, you know, um, Girls who smoke let you poke or whatever the fuck. Uh-huh. Like, basically, they're just saying girls who smoke are slutty. It's uh-huh. true. It's true. I, <laughs> I never heard that analogy, but like whenever like someone would be like, oh, do you see how that girl had a cigarette? I'm like, I love that that girl had a cigarette because I am a piece of trash and I know she likes something disgusting as disgusting as i am you know what i mean like i am a cancer on society and that is a cancer in that beautiful girl's body maybe i can be in that beautiful girl's body like that cancer 
Um, when I was unemployed a few years ago and at like the height of uh, substance abuse, um, I, I just stopped smoking cigarettes. Like I, I use these stupid fucking vapes. Um, but I just stopped smoking cigarettes maybe like a year Wait, ago. You st- stopped cigarettes before you stopped heroin? No, no. I, I stopped cigarettes like a year ago, like today, pretty much. Like Oh, okay, okay. Um, and just exclusively vape like a fucking bad man because it's like, oh, I can do it constantly. Um, but when I was doing hard drugs, I was uh I was smoking a lot. And when I was unemployed, I was smoking a lot and doing a lot of drugs at the same time to the point where I had a chair that I would sit on and sleep on and a pair of pants that I would put on every night before bed because I knew I was going to drop a cigarette on. Yeah, you're going to burn other. marks on the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So I would put on these burn mark pants every single night, like at a certain time um, and sit in this chair every single night. Sweats. You're talking flannel. What are we talking here? Uh, these were like basketball ish shorts kind of. And gotcha. uh, they just had so many holes in them because I would fall asleep. Same thing with this chair because I was smoking inside. Um, oh, smoking inside so gnarly, dude. Yeah, it's so gnarly. Yeah, it was just so gnarly. I was like lighting cigarettes with the butt of like other cigarettes and shit, like oh. piled up, <laughs> piled up ashtrays and stuff. You know, I had a little smoking room. Um, but I lit myself on fire twice that summer. Um, <laughs> successfully uh while passed out both times or one time i was passed out with a cigarette the other time i was passed out and i woke up and i had an iron on my leg and burnt myself very badly don't know why i plugged the iron in don't know how it got there don't know missy said wait but you're off hard drugs i'm on hard drugs at this point i'm like i I am like oh no sorry sorry yeah i missed it i'm I'm sorry yeah yeah yeah. okay (laughs) i am like unemployed on the most drugs of my life uh putting on like smokers pants because i have lit myself on with the iron what do you think you tried to light a cigarette with the iron or some shit I, i don't know what i tried to do like I, there's Have a number tried, of situ- so I, I, number like, situations. I, smoke, I don't really anymore, but in the past I smoked weed. It makes me it gives me too anxious. It doesn't give me it gives me the opposite of what it's supposed to do for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a um, bummer. I wish I, I I'm the same way. I wish I could smoke weed. Like yeah, I mean I'm it, very it, pro it weed. I it yeah. used to be fine, but the older it got, whatever, the more bro- broke my brain was, the more it mm-hmm. showed those fractures within my um, Abdullah oblongata. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyways, have you tried to light a cigarette or light a joint? I've only, I've only tried a joint on a electric stove. Uh-huh. Not a gas stove with the flame, an electric stove. Uh-huh. With the element. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's yeah, very yeah, yeah. difficult. Very hard. Very yeah. hard. <laughs> very hard. And that's what I'm thinking of you with the iron. <laughs> I, I could have. Iron high, yeah, I yeah. could have. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll freebase. Maybe I was freebasing with the iron. Yeah. Who the fuck knows, dude? I knew a guy who would smoke weed, this old dude who would like take a nail and like stick it through a piece of fucking wood and like take a Bunsen burner to the bottom of it and stick the nug really close to the top and like basically vaporize it and like freebase the weed off of it. I was like, that is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. He was like an old Vietnam vet. 
just yeah. like Riggs. Just <laughs> like Murtaugh. Riggs. Riggs yeah. and Murtaugh, who apparently were in the same war together or something. <laughs> and like this whole thing is it starts off with fucking you're gonna tell me Dan- Tom Atkins was in the same war as Mel Gibson in this movie? What the fuck? You t- what are you talking about? You're gonna tell me Tom Atkins is the same age as Danny Glover? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Danny Glover is like 35 in this movie. He's like, he- 38 years old. Yeah, is he? Yeah, and it starts off. No, I don't know at- how old. Literally, I'll have to Google it, but keep going. But he he had to have been like and it's so strange. It starts off and it's like his 50th birthday and the whole I'm getting too old for this shit. And like one, actually one, Danny Glover looks great with the full beard in the very beginning. I'm kind of into yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, he never should have lost that. No, no. Um, a little gray, but just like a nice amount of gray. Like, yeah, he looks really good. Yeah. Two, his whole family serves him his fucking birthday cake at like seven o'clock in the morning while he's taking a bath. And it's not, <laughs> it's not a sudsy bath. It's a like, yeah. you have your dick out in a tub bath. And it's like three kids it's and his wife. could just be in a shower. Yeah. Yeah. He could just be laying with his cock out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, it's very That's strange. Crazy. And imagine, like, imagine being in a, for one, imagine thinking it was a good idea to burst in on your dad while he's in the bathroom. No. Two, the dad just being like, oh, hey, kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, here's my, give me a hug. Yeah, here's my schlong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it makes absolutely zero sense. Like, I would be like, get the fuck out of here. Uh, you know what I mean? Papa, is that your dong? No, sweetie, that's my schlong. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I stuck inside your mom last night. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, your mom. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> he was 40 years old when he filmed that movie. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's fucking crazy. Tom Atkins is fucking 74. He's like a, the Crypt Keeper. Yeah. He's taking his walker off the set of Halloween 3, where he's banging 16-year-olds. That, in that this movie. is the difference. Is that you also... So this is one of the rare movies, I guess. I, sorry, I'm trying to say four things at once here. Mm. My point is, I'm not an advocate of introducing people to old movies if they never saw it the first time around or they're okay. too young because for non movie people, they don't, they're like, I don't get it. I don't mean a movie from 2008. I mean, a movie from 1987 mm. folks, if you're doing the math 36 fucking years ago. Yeah, man. So in 1987, if we tried the equivalent, it'd be a movie from 1951. You'd be like, I don't want to watch this fucking black and white horse shit. So, but Lethal Weapon might be one of those movies I would try. What my point I was getting at, though, is that they played so fast and loose with the facts in the 80s in movies uh-huh. back then. Uh-huh. Now they try harder to kind of keep it in line. But like back then, they're just like, ah, you know, we'll just say they were in the war and not really just kind of gloss over it. And what war? Uh... He, goes, he says, I did a guy in Laos once. Bah, 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 bah. I'm like, what the? F- you're, you're 28 years old. What are you talking about? <laughs> you were a literal <laughs> child. You, yeah, you were 11. <laughs> I mean, I know Laotians were actually, when they're 11, they put them to work like that or whatever. In the Philippines, they do. But you're going to tell me as an American? Well, actually, maybe that's a weird Aussie accent. Are you Mm -hmm. a sleeper cell guy or something? Who the fuck are you? (laughs) Is that the Manchurian candidate? He's like the kangaroo candidate. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
Um, yeah, I agree. Like, I think this movie for a movie from 1987, again, this movie is very distinctly a movie from the 1980s. Like everything from yes. the score to the to the look to the hairstyles, all of that. Um to the how the women behave, which yeah. isn't even necessarily how they behaved, but that's how they were portrayed on film and television then. Yes. Wearing the tights, doing um aerobics and a ton of drugs, big hair. Mm-hmm. Cocaine. Yeah, and Lots a ton of, of ton of drugs. Ton of cocaine. <laughs> Not drugs, sorry. Cocaine specifically. Specifically. Um despite it being like from the 1980s and i think you and i have had the conversation where i think we can both say that sometimes movies especially genre movies from the 70s have aged better than genre movies from the 80s in a lot of ways because sometimes but yes like all the time pretty much right? yeah yeah virtually all of them yeah yeah because the stuff from the 80s is so stylistically for the most part like Mm. of that time and of that era like we just did thief like i would disagree there like stuff like that well like, they're, they're, said, that's the thing is thief is 81 so that's still mm-hmm. like 70s it, it follows your you three-year gap rule yeah yeah if you're listening yeah if you're listening to this and you aren't a film geek if you watch a movie from 2000 it's not from 2000 it's from the late 90s because yeah. it was they they came up with the idea they wrote it they shot it they every it's and by the time it came out in 2000 it actually was filmed in 1998 yes and the de- so that's the, the decade hasn't defined that, itself yet. Yeah. It, so it, it, but this is smack dab in the middle slash late. Mm-hmm. This is eight. This is, this is filmed 86, came out 87. Mm-hmm. So we're talking, this is as eight, this is as 80s as, as it gets. And Die Hard is as well. It's 80, Die Hard is 87, 88, meaning mm-hmm. shot in 87, came out in 88. Mm-hmm. But it, it is something that I think. I would show it to anyone, and I think people would dig this movie if you've never seen this movie or you were fucking too young. I think this movie has like aged really well, and I think I that- completely agree. I I only said that because I had a friend who he showed a girl like Total Recall. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Don't show your twenty eight year old girlfriend Total Recall. She's like, no. what the fuck is this? Like- no. Unless like you're you've been like living with someone and dating them for a long time, like stay away from the total recalls of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, you could be like, I'm watching this. She's like, hey, babe, what are you watching? You could say, this is what I'm watching. If you'd like to watch it with me, that's one thing. But to say we're doing date night and I'm putting on Verhoeven's 90, 1991, 1991. Yeah. 92 is basic instinct. Mm-hmm. Maybe 1990. I don't have it. I don't have the date right in front of me. Yeah, something is that early 90s tone though, for sure. Well, 92 is Basic Instinct. I know for sure. Yes, uh, your most watched movie sorry, of the year, I'm, I'm, other than Black Hat. <laughs> I fucking love Basic Instinct. I, I know. I can tell. Rocks. I can tell. But I wouldn't. I even Basic Instinct. I wouldn't sit down with a girl now if I was dating a girl in her late 20s, which you know, God willing, will be happening very soon. Especially mm-hmm. when I'm in my fifth. Hopefully, when I'm in my fifties, she's in her fucking mm-hmm. early twenties. Tom Atkins style. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna say, sweetie, sit down and watch Basic Instinct. Hmm. No. What I would put on? Way. What's the equivalent? What would what, what would be their equivalent? Hmm. A Basic Chloe Instinct with Amanda Seyfried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very bad movie, by the way. Yeah. I love Amanda Seyfried, but she's made some uh, some bold choices uh, between that 
Mank, uh, Twin Peaks to return. She's kind of like a wacko, which I appreciate, but yeah. yeah. Um, I think though, the reason, one of the reasons why at least that this thing holds up so well is because fucking Riggs and Murtaugh are so fleshed out. And Mm -hmm. even when they're unlikable, they're so relatable in their own ways. Right. And Mel Gibson should be the lead in this thing and probably was top build, but like, so like there's a character trope. Danny Glover's movie with Mel Gibson is his buddy, you know, because it's about Danny Glover's family. It's about the family dynamics. And he just happens to have this wacko. I'm going to call him best friend because I feel Mm -hmm. like because both of them that they do talk about it. They don't really have friends because their job is their everything. Yeah. Yeah. And because Riggs has no one at home, he's lost. So he just has the job. And yes. Murtaugh being being Glover, Murtaugh has the whole family. They come in, they see a schlong at fucking 7 a.m. Who, by the way, who takes a sh- uh, bath before work? <laughs> who takes a bath? That's a crazy thing. Well, I mean, hot women love baths. So, yeah, I will tell you a little something. I am too tall to take a bath. Like I have a bathtub and I mm-hmm. uh, was like, hmm, maybe I'll take a bath. Like this thing never gets used. And then I sit in the bathtub and I'm just like, my knees are up and I'm like, this is why you can't take baths, dude. Like, well, I'll tell you the last time I took a bath, I actually already told you earlier in the episode. Yeah. yeah well, a bubble bath in a hot tub is a different story. You know, a bubble I mean? in a jacuzzi, not a hot tub, but a jacuzzi. Yes. Yeah. There's a jacuzzi in a, in a, the suite of a nice hotel. That was the last time I was in, I guess, I don't even know if you called it a bath. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, yeah, no, you took a fucking schwitz, dude. That's like get your sweat yeah. on. Well, I'm, you know I'm what just I mean? always, that's the thing is, the thing I'm anti-bath is because I'm always afraid my parents are going to, people are going to just storm in and just see my dick because I was raised on this movie where this is what happens. And it's just regular. People come in, they stare at your dick and they don't even comment on it. Yeah, dude, there's a, a thing I call the ride-along character, which like, I love this trope where like you're in some sort of crazy world. And then there's the kind of like normal person who's like introduced to that crazy world for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I, I like that Danny Glover is kind of like the ultimate, like normal guy, even though he's a cop. And then it's just like, what kind of shit am I getting myself into here? But he's totally down the whole time for everything. Well, they, and that's part of the, that's, they do such a wonderful job with writing it that, that Atkins, you owe me, Raj. You owe me. You could tell they went. He went through shit. Mm-hmm. He went through the shit. Yeah, a thousand percent. But he doesn't. Even, I love. He doesn't spell it out. He goes, "When I did this, because I I helped you and I made." He doesn't. He just says, "You owe me," and he does it with great conviction. But then he's partnered with this fucking psychopath who wants to die and is going around basically saying, "Like I want to die the whole mm-hmm. fucking time." Um. Have you ever been around a human being like this ever? I have, I have not. Well, I have never been around men like that. Okay. And men do pull the literal, the proverbial trigger and the literal trigger on themselves more. Uh, I've been on, I've dated just like insanely depressed women that want to, but I guess they just don't have the, I guess, balls to do it. True, true, true. Yeah. But no, I haven't not, but uh short answer, sorry, is no. I um 
I had a buddy, I can't say his fucking name, and we used to go around and basically sell drugs and stuff together and buy drugs together, like a lot of them. And we drove into Queens and like have to go into like one of those almost like the wire style houses where like outside, like there's like a little security camera and you say, what's up? And then like you go inside a room and this big fucking guy comes out and he's like, okay, it's so-and-so. And then you go in and you know, there's a bunch of people and you, make your fucking drug deal in this little fucking room and i remember like him Is telling like me section a, eight section 80 type houses section eight no style houses, or what are we? it like looks like a vacant section eight house but then there's like a little camera outside and you're uh, like okay, okay. hey and then it's like it's like a fucking hardcore drug operation inside and like there's mm-hmm. security and like you have to get past and then like you get in this room with this like actual drug kingpin and you're like oh my yeah. god i'm so fucked but like a week earlier he kept saying the like i don't even care if i fucking die stuff to me and i'm like hmm. and like didn't even think anything of it and then <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but this is a guy who would like like you know, like if he took his shirt off, he had like, like tattoos that he got in jail of like a money sign kind of shit. And I was like, okay, okay. like yeah. he was like pretty hard. And I'm not very hard. I just like would get yeah. into these fucking stupid ass situations like a fucking idiot, like where I'm in too deep. And all of a sudden I'm there and I'm just like, okay, just pretend like you belong here kind of shit. And I remember mm-hmm. being in this room and things starting to get heated. And one of the guys, Why? like, what? I don't know. Because he was, like, mouthing off. Like, my friend oh, was, was just saying, I was going to say exactly that. The guy's lipping off, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, he's just, like, being crazy. And then, like, yeah. one of the, like, gangster dudes, like, behind the table where all the drugs are and the safes behind him, like, reaches mm-hmm. into his fucking, like, pocket. Like, he's about, mm-hmm. like, to, just showing, like, basically, like, I have a gun. Yeah. And my buddy like runs up to him, like jumps over the table, grabs it and like holds it to his head and starts doing the like, I don't even care if I fucking die. Go ahead. (laughs) And I'm like, I care. like I I care very much if (laughs) I die right now. Because to them, they're like, I mean, it sounds like I'm borrowing from the movie that we both love. It's like, oh, I'm going to kill one of you. Kill both of you. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, they if one of shit. us is yeah, dying, one, both of us are dying. Yeah, yes. both of you are dying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was not ready to die at that point, especially in some fucking crack warehouse in fucking Queens, I have right so there. So many podcasts to record. Yeah, <laughs> like listen, in five years, I'm gonna fucking tell this story on a microphone. So keep going, but please let me get out of here. You know what I mean? And uh, I will like redacted never names, forget. redacted names. Don't worry. Don't worry. I love how like you're like yeah who's ever driving that car must have been real stressed out and I'm like I was driving that car I was in that crack house like you know what I mean like you're always trying to save me and I'm just like here's this crazy thing that happened to me um and I'm not like comparing myself to fucking Mel Gibson in this like at all like i'm nowhere near as fucking crazy or tough and this guy was nowhere near as crazy or tough this guy was you're more crazy like uh mel gibson the human not the actor uh sugar tits meltdown episode mel gibson that's more yeah like like like, twist my nipples like a fucking piggy mel gibson that more on that (laughs) more on that spectrum but uh as i'm watching the torture sequence in this fucking thing i'm like 
I'm going to ask Brandon if he's ever seen somebody get tortured. Which, by the way, is intense in this movie. It's great. It, they, it's great. By the way, uh, shout out to my, I'm going to mispronounce his name, but uh, Al Jong, I think it was with a J, Al Jong. Uh, he was in Rapid Fire. He's in um, Die Hard as well. He's a guy who, who mm-hmm. when they bunker down, he grabs like the Snicker, like the Nestle of the Snickers. He grabs a candy bar and takes it. He's actually an all-time great martial artist, stunt guy, and uh, character actor in the 80s and early 90s in Hollywood. Uh, he's, he's the, the little Asian out. character actor who yeah. does the torturing. He's, yeah, he's the guy who's torturing. He's literally and he gets his neck snapped. He's a torturer. Yeah, he's great. He's um, great, man. He's got such a distinct I, face. I haven't, but I will. I have a good friend who I is somebody who doesn't like their shit put on the internet, but they mm-hmm. told me. So I'll leave everything redacted names. Yeah, but they told me that. They dated somebody and um, they dated somebody who used to sell drugs like like you're describing, but they uh-huh. were in the the person they were dating were more in the um, not like you and your buddy, but they were more in the like holding like the, you know, I don't want to say drug pin, but you know what I mean? Like they were like running shit more. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. I don't even want to say this person's gender. I don't want to give anything away, but that's they fine. That's fine. In, they went in and. To a house where this person was just being mercilessly tortured, yeah. and the guy, the person they were dating, said, "Hey, let's stop by here for a second. This, this, this." And then they saw this person being more or heard this person being mercilessly tortured. Then, okay, okay, let's go and grab dinner. And then they left. <laughs> let's just have dinner now because this <laughs> yeah. is a normal life. Yeah, because <laughs> this, this is what you know. You know, sometimes people just have to be tortured. And the, that person who I know is like, "Why the, was that person being tortured?" And the person they were dating said. Oh, because the they fuck like they ripped us off, like they fucked us up. They we need, we need to make an example or whatever. So, but no, personally, I haven't seen someone in front of me. That does happen though, like more than people think. Everyone's like, "Oh, isn't that a little extreme?" And it's like, no, like when you get in shit with people who deal heroin, like they will torture you if you fuck yeah, them over. They live in extremes. Yeah, like in total extremes and. I mean, I've told you this. I've I've never I do, I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast. But like back in the day, like I got in deep for some money and like just didn't have it yet. Like something had happened mm. where like I didn't have it, and I was being so genuine. Five k, fifteen k. What are we talking here? I'm talking like around fifteen k. Oh shit! And and um. I just like didn't have the money like because someone was supposed to buy it. They didn't come around and I still like had everything. It wasn't like I was like using it like everything I had mm-hmm. gotten that wasn't there when it got weighed out. Like I had yeah. the money for that. I just didn't have the full money. And I guess it like made this Dominican guy so mad that he came back to where I was and just like walked inside and like had someone hold me down while they put their fucking my hand on a table and like cut my finger off like with a machete like yakuza shit <laughs> yeah like literally like put this dirty ass like big ass knife like i'm not even talking like a little knife like the actual machete put my finger on mm. the table and like chopped it off where it was like hanging um and i didn't have health insurance and i remember that being a big issue and being nervous about like going to the hospital and being like, I chopped my Grating. finger off. Whoopsie. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck was I going to say? Like, I was so nervous. Chopping onions. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Well, kind of fun story. I used to work in an emergency room and this dude like came in mad early one time, like in a suit or like with a tie on and like a plastic bag. And in the plastic bag were all of his fingers and in triage were like, it was like a whole hand. Yeah, it was four fingers, like four tips of his fingers in like a plastic bag. And he like drove to the hospital with like, one hand with fingerless hand and all of them in this plastic because they always come with their body parted plastic bags on Mm -hmm. ice and they're like so how did this happen and he's like honestly it's gonna sound really stupid i got up and i was making my cup of coffee and i'm really into collectible swords and i like cackled because i was like this is gonna be good and he like was so tired he like bumped into his wall where he had his like collectible swords and went Mm -hmm. oh no my swords and like went to catch it yeah I just like all his fingers popped off, which is great. I was like, must have been a nice sword. And then he started talking about swords. But um, I didn't have health insurance and it had broken the bone and was still attached by like some ligaments, I'm assuming, because I still have like pretty good motion of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I like a took a blood scoring situation, though. Horrible. Like <laughs> really yeah. bad. Yeah. Like, really, really bad. Um. To the point where did you make like a tourniquet or something? Like, how are you like? The first thing I did was consume as much uh, heroin as possible to, (laughs) you know, for the pain and and probably some booze. And I was pouring the booze on it and keeping it clean. I remember doing that, and then took like it wasn't a tourniquet; it was like a popsicle stick, like a splint, basically. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, While my friend and I used dental floss and actually sewed this thing back right um like needle and threaded my finger Mm. um and now i did such a bad job with my homemade stitches that it is like visibly puffy um oh yeah yeah yeah. posted on the gram (laughs) yeah and you can see the you can see the cut too yeah you can see the cut going all the way around Yeah, yeah um Yeah, this torture scene is no joke, man. Because at first you're like, are they going to waterboard him, right? And Mm -hmm. it turns and you see, like, the battery. And you're like, oh, no, they're going to, like, electrocute this guy under fucking water. Even Rig says it, like, what is that? Like, what are you trying, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like. And then he realizes he knows what's happening. He's like, oh, fuck. And it kind of sets in his head, like, okay. (laughs) Dude, even with the 80 sheen, this has that like 70s grime, despite being like a it absolutely is very influenced by 70s genre flicks with that grittiness. And you might be hearing this, and if you're not super movie person, you don't watch this, you don't you haven't seen this movie in years, you don't revisit it, but you're very familiar with the series. You're misremembering because you're thinking of those glossy sequels. Mm-hmm. This is very much like mistaking First Blood for a Rambo movie. True. Very true. And, and this I is like not to disparage the sequel. They have some solid sequels in this. They really do. This, the second one is good. The third one is where they like they forget Starts, that uh, it's an action movie and it's yeah, just yeah. And more it's just like and. It's like a day in the life of these quirky dudes. You know mm. what I mean? Like, I believe the fourth one ends with like. Jet Riggs. Lee is in the fourth one for fuck's sakes. Jet <laughs> Lee is in the fourth one. And 
Renee Russo, Renee is, Russo like, is there for some Rig- reason. <laughs> Rig- yeah. Well, she's Riggs's woman, and Murtaugh mm. and Renee Russo are having like dual babies, and they're like in the hospital together and they're like, are you friends? And the whole cast like turns and they're like, we're family. They like all say it at the oh, same gosh. time. And you're oh, like, gosh. Oh God. <laughs> like it's so fucking stupid. Um, but this movie is fucking kind of grimy. Like all the nudity. It's very, yeah. It's, there's ton- it opens with tits. It opens yeah. with that. And then, I have it jotted down in my I have jotted down in my notes that it opens with tits and six minutes in the show uh Gibson's ass. This oh, is yeah. like the introductory scenes. And that doesn't make griminess, I'm just saying, but that's the tone. It and also the way it's shot. And mm-hmm. we'll go, I'll just make this quick because we're yeah. kind of running long a bit. But the cinematography is super smoky. Uh-huh. There's a lot of like you, you. We talked about it uh, before we got on the mic, but the scene in the desert, even is there's just like it's not hazy. a clear shot. It's hazy. Yeah, it's, it's hazy. hazy. Uh huh. That sequence and, and and that sequence where they're like in the parking garage, basically comparing whose dick's bigger with the guns. Yeah. and it's mm-hmm. like it's got that that haziness to it. There's no other mm-hmm. way to say it. You know. Which doesn't, which isn't typical of what movies in the eighties were looking like. Even the grimy movies in the eighties, they weren't shot that way. You got Absolutely. Well, Thief was. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. again, Thief isn't an eighties movie. Mm-hmm. Manhunter, even Mo well, Manhunter has that. Manhunter has that, but it's got more of that like clean sheen over it. It has a, a lot, lot of, of clean, do a lot of clean, but a lot of the dark scenes they do a like kind of moon. Uh, mm-hmm. werewolf, like yeah. There's a there's a demon lurking behind the bush kind of <laughs> vibe to it. Pazuzu hanging like, out. Yeah, the like like I said, when they discover that Murtaugh's daughter was kidnapped, this is near mm-hmm. the end, which sets off the third act. They're around the Christmas tree. And like I said, when we started it, it literally looks like the movie Black Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And it's beautiful, like beautiful, actually. The shots are wonderful. And the sweeping, which isn't 70s, the sweeping helicopter shots, like a lot of them, mm-hmm. which they weren't doing a ton of those back then, which now they just easily do it with drones. And Michael Bay perfected it in the masterpiece, Ambulance. Go see Ambulance. It's like the best. That was last year. That movie was the best. Um, it's 22? Oh, I thought it was 21. No, it was 22. 20, 22? Yeah. yeah. Made my top five last year. Because <laughs> I'm a garbage a person. It made my top 10. Yeah. Also got me into FPV drone flying. Um, <laughs> do you think... I'm just thinking about this now. Two things. Do you think one with the helicopter shots, uh, because the 24 hour news cycle wasn't a thing until the mid eighties around the time where this came out. Yeah. Do you think that, um, the news cycle photography influenced a lot of that in a lot of ways? And, you know, it's hard not to see those helicopter shots and think of modern times with like, you know, the news 12, cameraman on the scene and it's like those helicopter shots going I around think like it's an a combination of uh that's a good question i think it's a combination of looking at 
being influenced by old movies and say, Ooh, I like that sweeping shot. But then also turning on, you know, the news all the time and seeing it and go, Oh, why don't I just combine? I can just combine these two. Yeah. This is what Donner's thinking or Michael uh-huh. Bay when he's growing up, you know, mm-hmm. what is Michael Bay doing at the time? At that time he was doing fucking commercials and shit. Like he did the commercial okay, commercial yeah. around that yeah, time yeah, yeah, and yeah, all that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, because this, uh, those shots. So there's two separate things here. Yeah. A lot of the cinematography is that really gritty, real, uh, texture, like textured seventies looking yeah. film. But then, yeah the sweeping helicopter shots, which they weren't huge. Then people were doing it, but they weren't, they have so many of them here and the, the, the scope yeah. that they make it look like, yeah, it became very popularized with Michael Bay in bad boys. True. And the, and he cribbed from this heavy, heavy, very true. Very true. And these sprawling mansions. And this is how they introduce it. And like, you know that, Oh, that shot, like, where they kill what well, you said with the guy who's ch- Adkins was chugging Ed eggnog and he takes the yeah. bullet through the chest and he yeah. makes a goofy face before he dies, even though it's Adkins great. is a great actor, but he, he did not have a great looking death on film there. No. And he was being jerked they, off at the time of filming. So <laughs> that's what that face is. And then, and then Riggs goes and he shoots at the helicopter with his handgun and he even like reloads. And, but when they, show that it's on the cliff it's on the edge it's beautiful it's wonderful shot well that's kind of like the point that i was going to make before i mentioned the 24-hour news cycle and stuff do you think a lot of this looks as good as it does because this was shot on locations and not on sets and so much of the 80s aesthetic was everything being very controlled, having that very glitzy sheen mm. over it. And a lot of that is because like they moved a lot of the productions to like being on sets and things along those lines, as opposed to guys, the freakins of the world and the Walter Hills of the world, which is where I think the majority of this influence comes from. Like Donner is a blockbuster filmmaker, but this movie is very much in vain of like dudes like Walter Hill who made 48 hours right before this. Yeah. Um, and, and buddy, dude, buddy cop. Dude, yeah, dudes like William Freakin, you know, who made like uh, the French Connection, like you know, fifteen mm-hmm. years earlier. Um, but those movies are die in L.A. is before this too. It is, um, but this is like all real locations, like those shots of these cars flipping over and the helicopters hitting them. Like you can't bring a helicopter on a Hollywood back lot. Like that is fucking los angeles they are blowing up a car in the middle of the street mm-hmm. in los angeles that is so real um and i think that's one of the reasons why this ages so well because it like it adds this certain level of authenticity to it in a lot of ways because of well, those location a, it, shots. as odd as it, it sounds it's a grounded film it's as grounded as you're gonna make an action film true uh, uh, uh it's as grounded as you're gonna make a studio you know high budget action film True. True. And it's grounded in, I'm not even getting, I'll just gloss over quick. It's grounded in that it's Murtaugh's family. Mm-hmm. This movie is about family and, and Riggs doesn't have family and Murtaugh does. And he's searching desperately to be part of a family and be part of somebody. They, and they adopt him. Yeah. He's and, a dog. 
He is. He's a he's, he's a, a puppy dog. wandering dog that they let in, and they mm-hmm. go, okay, here you go. Here and he goes, brings his dog. When he says, he oh, come over for dinner, he goes, oh, I'm going to bring a plus one. It's his dog. It's adorable. But it's they even, adorable. the like, one of the best scenes is the foot chase scene after being tortured. He gets a gun, and Holy he shit. runs after, and he's, like, on foot. Sick. Through the city. And he's jumping over, um, like, on highways. He's jumping uh-huh. over overpasses and everything. Uh-huh. And, and then uh-huh. also this movie, at the end, when he fights Busey, they yeah. had, an, before they even had the term MMA, mixed martial arts, uh-huh. they had a jujitsu MMA guy come on and teach them. And that's why the fight, it, it really, it's these moves that in like a 36 fucking years ago on camera, they weren't doing this, especially on big budget American movies. And it's not a white guy karate movie. No. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they were doing white guy karate movies around that time. <laughs> a they lot were, of them. Yes. They were not doing which again, they didn't call it mixed martial arts then, but they weren't doing grappling uh, MMA style fighting in American white guy films. Yeah. 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 Maybe they were doing it in obviously Hong Kong was always way like, you know, a billion years ahead and everything, but Hong yeah. Kong wasn't, it's not the type of fighting that they were filming. No. No, and it's um, it's not blood sport. It's not kickboxer. It's not a canon yeah. movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not Chuck Norris or some shit. You know. Although blood um, sport, what did a wonderful job of showing all these various forms of martial arts, but that's neither here nor there. Dude, it made me laugh pretty hard when they're like. I heard you're into that karate stuff, like you're a Tai Chi black belt. And whenever I think of Tai, tai Chi, chi now, it, yeah, dude, yeah, I think of yeah. like Billy Banks, right? Wasn't that fucking guy? And it's like oh, Tai Bo. Tai yeah. Bo, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Tai Bo. And it's like it's like jazzercise for like yeah, fucking yeah, grandmas. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, or capoeira. And it's like that dancing thing that fucking people do dressed as flamingos. Uh Busey fucking rocks the house in this movie before we get to our Rex. He fucking rocks the house like king scumbag, like patron saint of the podcast. Unfortunately, apologies, Busey. We didn't get to you earlier because you and one of my Rex were almost a Busey movie, but maybe I'll mention it when I get to it. uh, That came out around this time. Yeah, Busey brings the heat and you knew him if you were a film person around sure. a similar age or older you know him a lot of times you, you you're like oh well he was the fucking dude also he was in point break yep but you know he was in lethal like so your thinking was also steady it wasn't actually that steady no and the whole burning his arm at the nightclub with the Woo. with the lighter and he Sick. just looks crazy uh-huh because he is crazy that's he the is. thing yeah it's like oh wow you did such a wonderful job portraying a crazy person because he's fucking crazy yeah you ever heard the story about how Busey when he was because he had a really bad cocaine habit and one time he was home and something happened and he had his like lines measured out whatever and he I don't know lost his balance or whatever and he dropped his cocaine on his dog no and then he did his coke off the dog Wow. But he's like, oh, I'm just snorting like 
dog dog hair you know yeah not even the hair but like whatever the shit the greasy stuff is like in the bottom of the dog's hair oh jesus jesus i think i've accidentally snorted shit like i've tried to uh do cocaine in and out of um I, there's no polite way to say this out of a whore's asshole and yeah. um i've been dangerously close to i know i've inhaled a fart doing it like just rail the fart you know what i mean because i like yeah. whenever you plunge something in unexpectedly and then plunge it out real quick there's yeah, always gonna be it. yeah 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 there's yeah. always gonna be air and the i i've had cocaine on my asshole you can't feel it you know what i mean it totally numbs mm-hmm. it. it's like an antiseptic or something whatever they call that um and i've like stuck a dollar bill inside of somebody's butthole and then like ripped it out real quick and 100% got a whiff of fart. Luckily, the numbing effect saved me. And the uh, the novelty of being able to pay somebody to do that, highly recommend, 10 out of 10, uh, would do again. Um, speaking of recommend. Yeah, speaking of recommend, um, we do our, our Reckless Rex here. Movies that, honestly, normally aren't like if you like lethal weapon you will also like this they're more kind of complementary pieces to this i have a lot of like hey if you like lethal weapon you're gonna dig this fucking movie here um it's an easy one to do that because of the buddy cop thing it lends itself it is but i think there's a lot of buddy cop movies that kind of like go unnoticed like do you have a buddy cop movie on yours yeah, my first one is uh, what's the year on this? Because you need to get the years right. Yes, nineteen eighty six. Oh, running scared. We have the same wreck, dude. Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines, not to be confused with the two thousand six Running Scared, starring Paul Walker. Which, by the way, is actually is solid. It is you know especially if R.I.P. to Paul Walker. Uh, yeah, but one of the greats. Yeah, Running Scared. It's a White cop, Billy Crystal, black cop, yep. Gregory Hines. They are, but they aren't a mismatch. They are two best friends working together, and their chemistry is literally off the literally off the charts. Off the charts, dude. There should have been 14 of these movies. It's crazy how um how much chemistry they have. And it takes place in Chicago in the 80s, and it's very gr- very gritty looking. Yeah, I, uh, I'm gonna, Peter Hyams, I'm, which I believe did uh, Time Cop. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the same director as Time Cop. Don't let them dissuade you. It is nothing like that. That it's like a f- much funnier, uh, much grittier looking Lethal Weapon. It's quirkier than that. Lethal Weapon. Quirkier, in a lot but of ways. there are some good action set pieces. But it's comedy first and foremost. Yeah, I'm gonna keep this on my Rex because I we have I have to double down on how underrated Running Scared it's is. If you're insane, like you will be shocked at how funny it is, how great it looks, and how like the t- Crystal and Hines. Again, I can't understate. Even though I love Glover and Gibson in Lethal Weapon, mm-hmm. it makes them look like second rate it's it's different because they're both on the same page like the whole premise of this is like 
we're gonna fucking retire together and open up this bar in the Florida Keys and like be Jimmy Let's Buffett. They actually bros. have a montage and they have, let it happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're like wearing loose shirts and like walking all like laid back, like they got jive and new shit. girls and everything. It's so crazy, but it's such a good Chicago movie. One, mm. like they're constantly mm. talking about the Cubs. Um, oh, everything. I, it's 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 very Chicago. It mm-hmm. captures it in the poor the, parts of Chicago. The poor parts of Chicago, like in the eighties, like during like a bad time for Chicago. This is before and, Shameless, the TV show. You know what I mean? Whatever. Mm-hmm came up with a you know digestible version of that this is way before that this is 30 plus years before that mm-hmm. jimmy smiths is also in it love that guy yeah love that guy oh joey pants joey pants joey pants joe i got pantoliano. joey pants on another wreck of mine yeah I joe got... pantoliano and uh Dar- darlene flugel who is also the hot chick from To Live and Die in L.A., who died of cancer uh, way too young. Yeah, this is a movie that just, like, every time I decide to put it on, I'm like, fuck, I wish there were 20 of these things. Yeah. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, man. It's, it's shocking they didn't at least get one sequel. Like, I never dove into the money aspect of it, but it's shocking. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, and- I look at it, took $38 million at the box office. It probably only cost like six million like yeah but i think what happened is that um billy crystal just became too much of a giant star and he feels like a giant star in this and fucking gregory movie. hines plateaued but gregory hines feels like fucking richard Pryor in this movie he's so good yes like he's, he's so, so yeah. good and this this falls more into the like gene wilder richard Pryor style of movies as it does mm. um as it does, you know, Lethal Weapon. But it's like, dude, if Gene Wilder and fucking Richard Pryor made a Lethal Weapon knockoff, I'd be there opening day. That sounds fucking amazing. You know what I mean? That sounds so fucking great. Um, Yeah, that's so funny you said that. That's my number one wreck. I'm so curious. Sorry, go ahead. I'm so so curious if we're going to have all the same wrecks, except for one of them. I I can guarantee you won't. Okay, okay. You don't have this next one. Okay. 1993's spoof comedy Loaded Weapon. Is that you have it written down? I can't even see that's, it. That's my yeah. number two wreck, dude, is Loaded yeah. Weapon. <laughs> Folks, we didn't even... Actually, usually we kind of try to say, what do you have? We didn't actually this week. Um, this is not literally not playing. Loaded Weapon is one of the... It's a hilar- like, hilarious spoof comedy starring Emilio Estevez and Samuel L. Jackson yep. as the uh, Riggs and Murtaugh type guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kathy Ireland is in it. My childhood crush, at, was, dude. My childhood crush. She was giant. Uh, I had posters of Kathy Ireland in my childhood bedroom. I loved her. Oh, again, we're talking about box. Like it took in 51 million at the box office. People it was loved huge. it. It was It was giant and it set it sent up the not just not just lethal weapon but it was mostly lethal weapon but it sent it up in such hilarious fashion i put this on my list because one thing brandon and i talk about a lot is when's the last time you saw a good comedy like we were talking about it before we went on recording we're like 
dumb is fine. Like when something's dumb and it's just has no other point other than to be goofy and dumb and funny, like make you laugh and make you laugh. That's totally fine. I'm not trying to educate you or to have a deeper meaning. Just like literally we're just finding the lowest common denominator to make you laugh. Thousand percent. And there was this error from uh, essentially like uh police squad and the the naked gun movies Mm. till um oh airplane too till like dracula dead and loving it men in tights like it kind of plateau not even scary movie great emilio estevez's brother charlie sheen hot shots are fucking great fucking great um lethal weapon has one of my favorite bits the last people to do it any good to do it good actually off the top of my head i loved well, uh, don't be menace to South Central. Drink, drinking your juice in the hood, nineteen ninety six and nineteen ninety seven. Great soundtrack, did, featuring uh, all time soundtrack. And what they did to hood movies, which were huge in the nineties, yeah, man, is so funny. And yeah. uh, the last one I liked of movies in that style, nineteen ninety nines, I believe I have the year right. It might be two thousand. Not another teen movie. Okay. Okay. Oh. Oh, so good. Anyways, but loaded weapon. Now, does it hold up? I mean, that's debatable. I'm not saying to run out and get it, whatever. But maybe even just a quick Google, because there's a scene where they have... So in Lethal Weapon 2, because Riggs is a lunatic, they put him in a straitjacket, and they bet money on how long it's going to take him to get out. And then he dislocates his shoulder, and he does that to slip out of it. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, does does that hurt? He's like, every time. For one, I'm somebody who has a bad shoulder that slips out. Mm. There's n- no amount of money you could pay me that you would be doing. Like, that's just doesn't. No, there's no amount of money for that pain. I'll give you five thousand dollars. Like five thousand, even close. It'd have to be like life changing money for me to s- sign up for that pain again. You know, I saw a, but I in, saw a guy on my high school wrestling team uh, dislocate his shoulder and bang it back in, like thinking. Because there's was some fucking. people that, uh, yeah, I guess there are some people that it's like it's like in a way it it, it kind of like slides easier. It's not so like jarring, but like yeah, I don't know yeah. someone I've met, I've had it. It's Ugh. atrocious, but they do it in loaded weapon, and there's a guy and he just can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and he just like stays in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like how long has he been at it? I don't know. Like I don't know, three, three and a half days or something. <laughs> Dude, my favorite bit. Again, this movie will hold up if you've seen all the movies that it's spoofing and you remember them. They're very of the yeah. time. Um, there's a scene where they're interrogating Kathy Ireland and she has a short skirt on and she yes. keeps crossing exactly her legs. Yeah, it's yeah. the basic, it's instinct, basic instinct scene. Instinct up. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then they go back and she has both her legs open, but it's just like a cartoon beaver. Like it's like a puppet, like sitting on the stool. And I thought that was the funniest thing when I was a little kid, dude. I thought that was the funniest. I lost my mind when I was fucking nine years old or whatever. Yeah. I can't believe Um, you were two for two right now, bro. I can't even believe that. Maybe there's a chance because this one is really close in that realm. My third one. Oh God. I'm so nervous. No, <laughs> my third one is Die Hard with a Vengeance. Great movie, not mine, but great movie. But do you know why I chose this? Do you know the fact? The buddy cop it? thing? Because you got a black guy and a white no, guy? You don't I don't know. know. This. You don't know this. So Die Hard with a Vengeance was originally written 
for it was called Simon Says, and it was a Brandon Lee vehicle. Interesting. Before he before he died, obviously. Interesting. <laughs> so, and then what happened is he died making mm-hmm. the crow. So mm-hmm. they said, "Well, we still got this script. We own it." And they go, the studio that had it. They said, "Well, we're gonna just make it the next Lethal Weapon." So they oh. reworked the script and they made it the white cop and black cop solving it in the city while this terrorist is putting them on these, sending them on these like uh, games, tasks, yeah. games or yeah. whatever. The Simon Says quote, games. Oh, Simon yeah, yeah. Says, right? Uh-huh. And then that just fell into production hell. Mm. And then Die Hard, then they were like, okay, hey, we're going to do a new Die Hard. And they said, well, how about unused script? They go, well, Die Hard's a solo guy. They go, yeah, yeah we'll give him a black running mate. It was Samuel. That's <laughs> Again, great, I didn't dude. even realize that there's two Samuel movies here. And that's how Die Hard with a Vengeance came to be. So Die Hard with a Vengeance actually was Lethal Weapon. I think it would have been three. Yeah, it, it would have been have, the third I mean, one. Yeah, I think that's, third that's one. That's 100% yeah. correct. Um, yeah. Well, you know about how after Die Hard hit. Um, and also Die Hard with a Vengeance rocks. It still it, holds it, up. It's, it's a ton it, of fun fucking rocks it's the only other good die hard other than the first yeah. one in my opinion yes. um yeah two suck can suck my balls two, two is boring yeah, it's so got, boring nothing it's happens so boring yeah, a plane it's, blows up at the end which is cool and that's it um and there's that shootout in the luggage carry that's kind of yeah, dope yeah. like there's like two mm. good sequences it's boring. The, it's, boring. it's boring it's a lot of like mm. phone call between john and his wife it's boring three mm. fucking rocks but before we talk about how hard three rocks you know about how every screenwriter in Hollywood was pitching diehard sequels when they said that they needed to do a diehard sequel. And because well, they of that, Die Hard a thousand times over, you know, Under Siege is Die Hard, or like whatever. Speed die hard is Die Hard, hard or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they would literally write like Die Hard on a plane, Die Hard mm. on a boat, Die Hard on a bus, Die Hard yeah. on a train. And that's where it die, it's like, you know, Die Hard on a boat is fucking under siege. Die Hard on a train is under siege to Dark Territory. Future episode yeah. of the pod. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, Die Hard on a bus is speed. Like all those things were reworked mm. Die Hard scripts. So it's funny that this is actually a reworked Lethal Weapon script that ended up being a Die, Hard, being a die Hard movie. I know that's and it's one of my favorite like movie factoids. That's great, dude. Die Hard with a Vengeance rocks. I saw this movie in theaters with my grandfather because I saw all the diehards in the movies mm-hmm. with him um, when he was alive. Because for some reason, he would they let him take children to see these movies and he loved them so much. Um, and I had such a fond memory of going to see that movie as a child and then like going back to kindergarten or no, I was probably in like fourth grade. It just being like, you guys are not going to believe how many times I say fuck in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. it's wild, you know. Um, Jeremy Irons, great bad guy, too. Yeah, it's it's anyways. <sighs> with, he's a great bad guy. It's a ton of fun action. And you're if you haven't seen it since it came out or you it's been a while, whatever. Been a while. Check it out. And if you watch Lethal Weapon. And you said, oh, man, Lethal Weapon was a ton of fun. Die Hard with a Vengeance. And then if you know going in, actually, it was a reworked Lethal Weapon movie. It's great. It's fucking great. I can't believe you didn't take the same pick as me. I'm glad you didn't. Um, 
another 80s vehicle, another action comedy film. This one was uh, directed by the great Martin Brest. I am a uh, I am a Brestman. He uh, directed Beverly Hills Cop. This one's starring Mr. Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin with... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it had a uh, fine pair of pants in there, too, with Mr. Joe Pantoliano, as well as mm-hmm. the great, extremely underrated, rest in peace, Philip Baker Hall. Midnight Run fucking rules, dude. Love this movie, where um, one of them plays like a bell bondsman, and he's tasked with yeah de niro does right and um yeah he's tasked with like taking care of like an accountant for x amount of time because the chicago he doesn't mobs have his after shit him. together and he needs to get this money because he's got a he's back what is it child support or alimony or whatever the fuck some sort of accounting thing with the the chicago mob um and they're being attacked by like the fbi and the chicago mob at the same time mm. Really fun kind of like buddy cop meets like going on a road trip kind of movie. Um, I absolutely adore this movie and no one ever talks about it as much as I think they should. Um, Much like a lot of the kind of knockoff buddy cop movies that aren't Lethal Weapon or um, or fucking 48 Hours. Um, But I kind of think this is going to sound fucking stupid. I think this is kind of like the beginning and the end of like Robert De Niro because in some ways it was the beginning of him being like, I don't really care. I don't have to be in prestigious fucking fartsy movies all the time. Like I can have fun and he is good at having and he fun. he did. Yeah. And he was like, aren't I funny? It's like, you're not yeah. that funny. Rob. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're a good straight man to Charles Grodin, the human yes, Muppet person. Exactly. Grodin is a great comedic actor. And yeah. he just happened to be next to him. That's not like, you know, me and Michael Jordan shooting around. I go, look how good I am at basketball. It's like, well, you were just giving the ball to Michael Jordan. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I think I think some people need to understand their like comedic chops lay in being a straight man. And mm-hmm. uh in some of De Niro's best instances where he tried to do that. He did play a straight man, like the Meet the Parents movies. Those are totally fine, right? Like I, I don't know. But if the first one's like fine. Yeah, fine. yeah. The first one's fine, and he's being the tough guy while Stiller's being the fucking putz. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And Midnight Run, he's being the tough guy while Grodin's being the putz. And then he tried to be the funny guy later on in life. Like, um. I think Zach Efron's like this nowadays. Like, I think that guy's a good straight man next to somebody who's yeah, extremely funny. He's really good at it. Yeah. Cause he's just so handsome and everything. Just let it, just let yourself be that. And he, it, yeah, he leans into it. I love when, when Efron is just playing. I love neighbors with, uh, yep. Seth Rogen is the schlubby next door guy. And you're just the model looking next door neighbor. He's great in that. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's they did uh, neighbors too. It just didn't shouldn't have happened. And yeah. then Efron did Dirty Grandpa with De Niro, and both of them were horrible. And that's just terrible. shouldn't have existed. Terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. terrible. It's not even funny. Like even though it's say, oh, I like it when it's they. 
I don't even want to get it because we're getting to the end here. I hate don't you love when old guys talk about their dicks? Like, no, it's like it's not even a joke. Like, what's the joke? The joke is an old guy swearing. I'm like, that's not a joke. (laughs) It's fucking that's what old people do. Yeah, (laughs) but that's not a joke. You know, like, hey, here's a joke. Little kids now they're it's little kids, but they're swearing and talking about sex. I'm like, but that's not a joke. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Give me the actual like a, a a dog like giving like injecting a dog with a human voice and now it's cursing okay but make it actual say jokes though but it's like oh yes. now it's cursing it's like that's not the joke yeah but for a not lot funny. of people sorry yeah not funny um i think midnight run for works midnight genuinely run. well as a comedy and an action vehicle and falls into that running scared 48 hours lethal weapon where it works best as it's the one that like shouldn't be a franchise i think like it's totally fine um but it's also like i wish de niro did more kind of like um jerry lewis to dean martin or abbott Mm. to costello you know what i mean like i wish he took on the straight man in these comedies a lot more because he showed a lot of range and then the next year he did goodfellas and went back to his old fucking shtick um I'm excited to be talking Christmas movies. It might be my least favorite uh, holiday genre, I would say, like holiday movies. But we have a good schedule for Triple Xmas. Next week, we will be back talking Batman Returns, another movie that people don't necessarily associate as a Christmas movie or a dirty movie. And I think it's both. And I think Michelle Pfeiffer dressed up uh in all latex on all fours lapping up milk and using a whip formed the sexual preferences of a lot of young men of a certain age myself especially men that look like danny devito looks like in that movie yeah wearing diapers and if you ever find me with a noose around my neck in all leather hanging from a fan while trying to masturbate we can blame that on Michelle Pfeiffer, and you'll learn why next week here on DGen Cinema Podcast, the podcast for fucked up movie lovers. Listen, or we'll kill ourselves. Yeah, listen, Brandon, he's got a lot to live for. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have nothing to live for except you listening. Just keep listening. Change that. He's got nothing to live for except for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Get us to 20,000 subs, or we'll die. Yeah. <laughs> Clock is ticking. <laughs> <laughs>